0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 29th is Isaiah chapters 49 through 53. Beginning with coasts, islands. Listen to me, distant peoples. Pay attention. Coasts, coastlands, islands very interesting. We've discussed before how the land in prophetic imagery often is referring to the people of God and how the seas in prophetic imagery refers to the masses of humanity that do not represent the people of God. They're just people who want to live life on their own terms, who want to Eat, drink, and be merry, and not worry about eternal ramifications. And so, when Isaiah prophesies to the coasts and to the islands, it makes me wonder if he's referring to those people who are where the dry land meets, the crashing waves, the sandy beaches the rocky cliffs where the waters meet the land? Is this who Isaiah is speaking to? Is he talking to those people who are walking the line between the world and the eternal? Is he talking to the people of God who want to have a relationship with God and yet they also want to live and please their flesh? Is it the same people that Jesus was referring to in Revelation where he said, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other, but because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Those are most often the people who need to hear from the prophets coming with warnings of judgment, saying repent because you cannot have it both ways with God. If we've read anything and learned anything, my friends, going through First and Second Kings and Chronicles and all of these books leading up to this point in Isaiah, we've seen this repetitive cycle of how the people, they, they wander away from faith. They get comfortable. They forget about God. They start worshiping other gods. They start bowing down to the desires of their flesh. God would warn them and warn them and warn them and eventually pass judgment and other nations would rise up and bring about enough discomfort that the people would remember and often they would repent and then God would restore them. So often before God would bring about that judgment, raising up other nations to bring about discipline, he would warn them through the prophets. It was those people who wanted it both ways. We're we're the people of God and yet we want to live as the world. It's a tremendous warning for us in this day and time. And Isaiah is careful to say that God named him while he was in his mother's womb. He made my words like a sharp sword, Isaiah said. He hid me in the shadow of his hand. He made me like a sharpened arrow. He hid me in his quiver. And then he commissions, God commissions Isaiah. And the purpose that Isaiah had was to encourage the people to come back to faith. In verse 14, Zion says, Yahweh has abandoned me. The Lord has forgotten me. And God's response is, can a woman forget her nursing child or lack compassion for the child of her womb, can a mom forget about her baby? Even if that was possible, God says, I will not forget you. It's a reminder that God loves his children so much more, though, than even a mom loves her little baby. God is a loving, loving God. And so we see this plan developed. And again, Isaiah is seeing snapshots. And so much of prophecy is confusing because we can't just read it through like a story being told in chronological order. It's snapshots. And I think a lot of times the prophet himself did not really understand what he was seeing. And so he pens these words and tries to describe it with language that's just not sufficient to detail the things that he was seeing. And I'm sure he didn't have all of the context. So many of the scholars during Jesus' time were confused because they expected God's son to come as a king, a ruling king who was going to usher in the season of Israel being Exalted like it was under the leadership of King David. And yet, there was also this picture of this lamb, this sacrificial lamb that was coming, who was paying the price for the people of God. And the scholars did not realize or recognize that this Messiah, this anointed one, was both the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. And so it is with so many of what God wants us to know, so much of what God wants us to know. We can't fathom it. We can't see it. We don't have the proper frame of reference. And so... With humility, we turn to the word of God, my friends, and we don't ever claim to have it all figured out. We don't rest on our laurels of the doctrines we have developed because we can't possibly know it all. And in chapter 53, we get this vision of this, suffering servant. It actually begins in chapter 52. My servant will be successful. Verse 13. He will be raised and lifted up and greatly exalted. His appearance was so disfigured that he did not look like a man and his form did not resemble a human being. Kings will shut their mouths because of them. They will see what had not been told of them. They will understand what they had not heard. Who has believed what we've heard? Or who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of Yahweh been revealed? He, the Messiah, grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have any impressive form or majesty that we should look at him. He was just a regular guy. No appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we did not value him. And yet, even though we didn't care, He himself bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. You ever see somebody suffering and think, man, wonder what they did. God is judging them. It's not always the case, is it? But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. People often refer only to our spiritual state. Some people also would claim faith healing of our physical state. And I would encourage you to think about also our emotional state. All healing is available we all went astray like sheep, we all have turned to our own way, and Yahweh has punished him for the iniquity of us all. So let's turn to him, friends. Let's depend on him. Let's beg of him to forgive us and not to stop there. Let's ask him to change us, to make us like him so that we can partner with him to change this world for his glory and in preparation for his return as the mighty Savior, as the King, the Lord of Lords. May God bless you as you seek him. We will see you tomorrow.